So welcome into the week 15 Backroads podcast. We are headed to the state semifinals, but before we get there, we've got all the state quarterfinal action for you. News, notes, and stats, and we're going to be bringing it to you. And I'm Craig Spear with the Happy Sports Network and PressPassSports.com. And I'm Bobby Brown, Texas 1A fan. Well, Bobby, it was a great state quarterfinal round. Some really big matchups coming up in the state semifinals. And uh, this week, let's start out our show with a team that has been ranked number one all year long out of Division Two, and that is Coach Mike Bigham over at Motley County. Coach, welcome in this afternoon. Hey, glad to be here. So, Coach, let's talk about the Matadors. And, you know, you pick up your second victory over Jayton. Just real quick, let's talk about that game and – how hard do you always find it to defeat not only a, a, a team the second time around, but especially one that's in your district? You know, it was it was extremely stressful week. We knew going into it and uh, first time we played them, you know, it was it was a tough, tough go, you know, for a half. And, and then, you know, we kind of come in and, and made some adjustments and settled settled in and and uh, come out and just played at a different intensity level that I think they could bring to the to the game. And, uh, and uh, because we've got older kids and, and, the, and the way we get after them, train them. And, and I just think all that played a big role in that first game. But, you know, when, when you play somebody twice, it's, it's very difficult uh, because you don't know what adjustments they're making to counter what you're doing. And, and uh, you know, you leave a bad taste in a, in a group's mouth. You know, the first time you beat them like that, you know they're hungry to beat you the next time. So, and then when you're 45 somebody, you always worry about the kids, uh, you know, coming back and being ready to, to be focused and do it again. So that that's usually the tough part uh, in, at any level, I would think, uh, trying to play someone twice, uh, especially as well coached and, and as good a program as they have in, in Jayton. When you look at the Matadors, you've been ranked number one all season long. How hard is it to keep your team focused and not to look at the rankings, but to say one game at a time, let's move forward and take care of business? You know, that's exactly what we tell them and, and what we preach to them. We kind of have a one and oh mindset. And we put it on all the shirts this year and we talk about it. And, and anytime we're talking about it to, to, to anybody in groups, you know, they'll even, you'll hear kids even talk about it. we got a one and all mindset, you know, each week. We're not worried about anybody else, but that next ball game. And we know we have a, you know, a big, you know, senior heavy group. And it, uh, again, uh, at most any level, especially at our level, uh, when you're cycled up, you need to win some football games. Uh, you know, you need to be winning big games. And uh, so, so we keep that one and oh mindset. And I think that really helps us towards, you know, not worrying about being uh, the number one team in the state, but we always know that's a big target on our back. So we got to keep focused. Talk about your team. Obviously everybody talks about Jake Richards, but uh, Motley County obviously is more than just one player. Talk about some of the guys who you feel like have really put you in this position in the state semis. The entire uh, freshman class and a, a few of the sophomores and a junior when you're playing scout team against the number one team in the state all year long and you're prepping those teams. And that's what we, you know, believe in here is, is, is we get excited for those guys too. And we make a big, big deal for them because they're the ones that are making our teams get ready to beat teams. And uh, without good scout teams, without good looks and without those guys growing and developing, you know, throughout the year, uh, your team was only as good as what look they get a lot of times. And, and uh, so those guys are, are very, very important to our, to our program. Um, you know, as far as starters and stuff go, I know everybody likes to talk about Jake and Jake does a great job for us. Uh, Casey McGann is, is, is another one of our running backs and, 
and 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 he's a, extremely equivalent to a Jake Richards uh, as far as running the football and uh, doing what he does. He, he's kind of a dual threat back for us, and we throw the ball to him a lot too. And our quarterback, uh, he, you know, he's just a sophomore, and uh, he does an extremely good job for us. Caden Royce uh, distributing the football for us, and uh, in, and in all of our passing. You know, a couple more names offensively, Wyatt Perryman and uh, Jace Martin. And, you know, those two guys are our, our offensive ends. And, and they do an excellent job, you know, uh, blocking for us and being able to set up those things, uh, plays for us to be able to be successful. Uh, Braxton Salazar is our center. He's another senior uh, that, that is, uh, you know, he's a three-year All-State center. And, and, and he's just done an extremely good job for us again. So those guys up front paved the road. You know, we do have some excellent running backs, and and we're not we're not going to be where we're at right now with without you know really good kids and 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 we all know that, and those guys are special, no doubt. But those three up front now, those those guys they don't get their name in the paper much, but I tell you what, they they get talked about in team meetings pretty highly. Okay, coach. So I went to one of your practices when um, these seniors were freshmen. There were 10 of them. I believe you said you have nine of them left. Tell us how you feel about those nine seniors. You know, they're, they're extremely special to me. I mentioned to you guys earlier before we started, you know, I, I had uh, the majority of these, these, these nine in uh, kindergarten. And so they've been here with me, in, in, or I've been here with them, however you would look at it. We, we've been with each other all the way through. They've been in my programs for six and seven years, all of them all the way through. Uh, but what's nice is having them in in, uh, in, in your PE classes and, and, and being around them the whole time and watching them grow up. And, and uh, you know, I, I had a coach tell me one time, you know, to stay somewhere and, and build something, then, then, then it'd be real special, more special than moving around and jumping on talented towns. And, and what I didn't understand at that time was what he meant was that right there, being with those kids more than just when they're in your athletic period, being with them all the way through and having a relationship with them that'll last a lifetime. Yeah, it's always good to see kids grow as people and as players. So it's been nice watching them the last four years. I've really enjoyed that. So when I think of Motley County, I really think a very disciplined, a very disciplined team, very disciplined defense. How do you go about replicating that every single year? We always have a mindset down here. Uh, we do things till you can't get it wrong. And, you know, we don't just do it till you got it right. And, and we rep it and rep it and rep it. And, you know, we're probably one of the more intense, you know, about getting it done. Uh, we don't just talk about it. You know, we, we really, uh, really push our kids hard. And our kids respond to that. They want to win. They want that atmosphere. They want that high intensity uh, at workouts. And, uh, and, 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 and we do. We push them. We push them hard. And uh, like I said, though, they love to win, and that's how they respond. And I think that's why we're where we're at every year. You've been in Motley County for 16 years, and we had Coach Stacy Perryman on last week, and he talked about those first couple of years you were there, and they were a bit intense. And you said before the show that, you know, you've kind of mellowed out a little bit. What have you learned over 16 years and how you run your program and, and things that maybe you look back and go, maybe I shouldn't have quite went at it that way. What have you learned over those 16 years? You know, one of the big things that the principal here at Montley County and I now, he, I hired him years ago as a, as a coach with me, and, and we get to share and, and talk about now 
is the difference when I coached, you know, uh, even within five years, uh, in the last five years. I think there's comes a time where you just grow as a coach and, 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 and maybe you don't have to be as intense and loud and, and, and just making practice where it's miserable for everybody to even be around it, but you're getting them through it and you're getting your point across. And we just found different ways to be able to do that nowadays. And not only do we, are we, we're still intense. We still get after it, but uh, I think there's a whole, whole different way. Uh, there's a whole different demeanor, you know, about it, uh, the, the way we handle it nowadays. And, uh, and like I said, we've got a program established. So you don't have, you don't have to be that way all the time. And speaking of Coach Perryman, that's someone who played for you in those first few years at Molly County. How prideful does it make you to look up and see the success he's had as a coach? Well, you know, it, it, it is. It's extremely prideful. Uh, I even, You mentioned that. I even called him the other night. We were eating in Lubbock after we had beat Jayton in the, in the quarterfinals, and I found out that, you know, he won the ball game. And I, uh, I, I got him on speakerphone. And I told all the boys, I said, hey, everybody, it's one of ours. It's one of our guys right here, Stacy Perryman. They just won a big ball game. I said, I want you all to tell him great job. So the entire, you know, table just kind of goes nuts for him, you know, on the, on the phone and, and congratulating him. And, and uh, so it was, a, it was a good deal, big deal. It's a big deal for us. I love to see our ex-players uh, do good things, and, and uh, he's one of the special ones. This week you get Klondike. So you're going to play on Thursday in Lockney. Um, how do you prepare for Klondike? Just like we do the rest of them, you know, we we uh, short week, so we kind of condense everything on Monday. Uh, Monday's our big work day instead of instead of, instead of being Tuesday. Um, athletically, you know, we feel like they're a whole lot like some of the other real athletic teams that we've played this year, and uh, so we kind of look back at some of those old films and and kind of see what we've done against, you know, those teams to corral uh, some of those better running backs. And uh, they're very athletic. Uh, they are definitely a team that would that, uh, be, have the capabilities of beating us. And so we know we're going to have to be playing extremely fast and executing, you know, at a real high level. You're somebody that's gone through this before. If you make the state finals, does it bother you that there's almost two full weeks between uh, ball games, between the semifinals and the finals? I, I know it'll be different, but I, I sure hope we get to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad thing to worry about. No, no. One and oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach Bigham, we really do appreciate you. Somebody who uh, is one of the deans of uh, Texas six-man football, 150 wins you got this year. Good luck to your Motley County Matadors, and uh, uh, you know we'll, we'll catch you down the road. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Man, what a good interview with Coach Mike Bigham over there at Motley County. Oh, it was. I always enjoy talking to Coach Bigham. He's a character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach Mike Bigham has uh, the Matadors rolling. We talked about the number one team in the state, and that's where we're going to begin when we talk about the state quarterfinals, Division Two, Region Two, a rematch out of District Seven between Motley County and Jayden, and it was all Matadors this time, sixty to eight over the Jaybirds, and the Matadors find themselves in the state semifinals one more time. It's going to be exciting. It will be. Uh, let's move down to Region 3, where Strawn and Gordon, the uh, one of the greatest battles in high school football, if you ask Lehman Saunders, and uh, for the second straight time this year, Strawn takes out Gordon 66-16. to 16. And uh, Coach DeWayne Lee, there's another uh, stalwart for you. He moves into the semifinals as well. 
Yeah, he does. I was talking to some people about that game because I wasn't able to be there, but I also listened to the goose. He did a pretty good job on that broadcast for six mania. It seems the freshman Rigdon threw a 60 yard pass to his brother for one of the touchdowns. And I, I was trying to imagine that in my head, seeing a freshman throw the ball that far. <laughs> he, uh, he obviously got it done and that, that helps move the Greyhounds on into the state semifinals. Um, where they will take on Richland Springs out of region for Richland Springs all over Oakwood, 86 to 41. Jaden Bryant had quite a night for the couch, 22 carries, 345 yards and seven touchdowns. Yeah, seven touchdowns in a state quarterfinal matchup. Zane Caps, 126 yards on the ground and four scores. Keston Lusty, nine and a half tackles, two and a half of those for a loss. For the Panthers, they did put a 41 up on the board. Jalee Mathis. Uh, 19 carries, 167 yards, and three touchdowns. And Zach Nickerson, 21 carries, 161 yards, and three touchdowns. So the Panthers end the season in the state quarterfinals, which is a really good showing, I think, for Oakwood. But Richmond Springs, just too much there. And then finally, we'll finish up Division Two with probably the game of the night in Division Two In Region 1, District 3 and 4 doing battle. And it was the Klondike Cougars over the Anton Bulldogs, 69-54. to that game was pretty close uh, the first few quarters and think about halfway through the third quarter, Klondike pulled away a little bit and they never looked back and, and the Bulldogs weren't able to catch back up by the end of the game. Yeah, so Klondike and, you know, I thought that would be a really close game. That's two evenly matched teams. I even wondered if Ant might not just be a little more uh, athletic, but man, give hats off to Coach DeGraff and Reed and the Klondike Cougars pulling out that victory 69 to 54. Let's move up to Division One, and we really have to start with the only game that was on Saturday um, in Region Four, and it's a matchup everybody has been talking about all year long. And the May Tigers take out Water Valley, 70 to 49. You and I were there, and let me give the stats on this, and we can talk about it. Caden Hawk, 12 carries, 134 yards, three touchdowns. Avery Williford, nine carries, 94 yards, and a touchdown. Also had a receiving touchdown, had a kickoff return for a touchdown, absolutely destroyed people, and then uh, smiled and, and kissed babies after the ball game. I think. Blake Harrell, 10 carries, 78 yards, and a touch, uh, three touchdowns. For Water Valley, Connor Glass, well, he ran for his life all night long, 13 of 32 through the air, 238 and four touchdowns. Nathan Treadway, 13 carries, 96 yards, also had 103 yards receiving through the air and two touchdowns. Now, the one thing I take out of this game, Bobby, is I just wonder. How much of a difference does Cannon Weiss potentially make for Water Valley in this game? He was ruled out on Thursday uh, with a, I think, a collarbone or a shoulder injury. So he was unable to play their all-state spread back. I just wonder how big a difference he might have made in this game. He might have made a big difference. We'll never know. But, you know, the rest of the Water Valley Wildcats really stepped it up. Nathan Treadaway was all over the place. Fast, fast kid. And glass to Smith, we had those passes going down the middle of the field all night long. And if they could have kept that up, I think they probably could have uh, spread the May defense out just a little bit more. But when they had that open across the middle, they hit it and um, it worked every time for them. When you talk about spreading out that May defense, that's where we got to start because I've seen a lot of six-man football this year. I'm not sure I have seen somebody play defense the way that Avery Williford does. I 
would agree 190%. That kid is impressive. He looked like he would just barely touch someone. And, you know, Water Valley's not small. There, there's some big kids. I mean, it looked like two teams of grown men playing down there. But Williford got some, I don't know, maybe it's physics or something. <laughs> I'm an English teacher, so I really don't know. But it looked like he just barely touched someone. And one of those big boys from Water Valley would fly in the air five yards. And he did that all night long. Well, you know, I, I think that game to me, there were two turning points there in the second quarter. Water Valley and May were going back and forth. And there was a, a couple of stands that May had against Water Valley. And Williford just kind of took over from the defensive end. And then in the <laughs> third quarter, Water Valley's right there. They go with the onside kick. He picks it up, returns at 38 yards for the touchdown. And that really, Water Valley just never could quite close that gap after that. I, I, it was That was a big punch in the gut, I think, to to Water Valley there. Just, man, an impressive, impressive player. You know, there were a lot of coaches at that game last night. And you know they were all thinking, man. I wish I had me and Avery Williford. I mean, that kid is just incredible. And not only him, but Blake Harrell, like you said, Caden Hawk. These are the names that have come up all season long for the May Tigers. And they just did a superb job on defense. And, you know, I'm defense minded. That's what I watch. It was like a kid in a candy store last night watching May Tigers play defense. It was just, it was excellent. Well, that was an extremely good game. And you talked about hats off to Water Valley. They went further in the playoffs this year than any other year that they've been there. And, you know, we talked about them playing without Weiss. To, to stay in that game as long as they did after losing your All-State spread back was really impressive. It's just, I tell you what, people talk about it and, and they want to run down the game a six-man sometimes if, if they don't understand it or they've never been to it. Nothing is better than a really good six-man game, and that's exactly what we had last night. Oh, yeah. You know, we rolled up there about five o'clock. The game start, didn't start till six. There were cars and people everywhere. I mean, they were just flowing into that stadium even an hour before. Boo Boo, he had to park. He said, what did he say? He had to park out in the residential area because he couldn't get near the stadium. I said, I told him that he needed to get there earlier, but he didn't listen. So, um, yeah, there were so many people there. It was loud. The atmosphere was electric. It was just amazing. And, you know, Water Valley might have some seniors on their team, but, you know, that's a Nathan Hayes coach team. So we got to we gotta look for Water Valley every single year. No, we, we do there. And as you talked about the crowds, uh, easily over a thousand folks showed up to watch that ball game. They were lying all around the fences at that gorgeous facility there at Robert Lee, a great place to host a, a state quarterfinal matchup. But uh, May wins it 70-49. to 49. And Coach Steele, I could see him on the sideline as I was taking video. He looked extremely excited near the end of that ballgame. So congratulations to them. Uh, let's go to Region 3 and the team that they're going to be playing, the Abbott Panthers. No problem with Coolidge. Robert Munoz, 271 yards in this ballgame, four touchdowns. Isaiah Singleton, 141 yards, three carries, three touchdowns, including one of those where I think every single player from Coolidge had the opportunity to tackle Singleton. They couldn't get it done. Uh, Riley Sestala as well, 66 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Get this stat. State quarterfinals, 
Abbott never passed the ball in the game. They ran it every single play. How is that? Impressive. For the Yellow Jackets, uh, KT Adams, 16 carries, 141 yards. Alex Rivera, 14 carries, 105 yards, and two touchdowns. And then Hunter Lowry, uh, their quarterback, three of nine for 70 yards and two touchdowns. But Abbott, uh, Coach Crawford's got him rolling there. The Panthers over the Yellow Jackets, 74 to 27. Yeah, I saw that video of number 30, Isaiah Singleton. He's a junior, Craig. Oof. A junior. And he's a big old boy. And and he just those defenders just bounced off him. That was a grown man run for sure. It definitely was. And from what I understand, he did that all night, especially if they didn't pass the ball at all. <laughs> that, that, that stat just, uh, it blew me away. No passes for Abbott there in a state quarterfinal game. Let's move to region two and a rematch of uh, district opponents, Westbrook and Sterling city. Westbrook won the first matchup 60 to 50. They come out on top again, 44 to 41 in a game that went back and forth. Westbrook had the lead early in this ballgame. Sterling City rallied back before Westbrook was able to finish them off. Uh, in this game, Jimmy Roberts, the All-State defender, had a pick six and also a rushing touchdown. Cedric Ware, the uh, speedy one with a rushing and receiving touchdown, and uh, Shama Stark with two passing touchdowns. Sterling City was up 35-20 to 20 in the second half before Westbrook rallied. Cash Johnson there, three passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Will Cisco. 100 yards uh, receiving and two touchdowns. Carter Glass also with two passing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown. And, you know, Jimmy Roberts returns the pick six with just over eight minutes to go in that ball game. Sterling City scores. They get the ball back again and have a shot. But uh, the Wildcats defense just too much there for Sterling City at the very end. It was. And, you know, that was that was kind of surprising, but. It came down to the to the very last of the fourth quarter, and we all knew it probably would. One thing that this goes along with this, you know, Sterling City was defeated by Westbrook. On Friday, Tepper tweeted, six defending state champs lost on Friday, Sterling City being one of them. That's a lot. That That is a lot. That. You know, I, I don't know if anybody's got that back, but that's got to be, I would think, a record of number of defending state champions falling on the same weekend. Uh, all the way, <laughs> Alito, of all people, uh, Argyle, Carthage. Carthage had a 41-game winning streak. Jim Ned, number one team in the state, got destroyed by Brock. Canadian Falls and Sterling City. Just unbelievable uh, weekend in Texas high school football all the way from 5A down to 6-man in Sterling City, one of those to fall to Westbrook uh, in that ballgame, 44-41. to 41. But you know what? Sterling City's going to be back next year. Oh, you can guarantee they will. You know, they got, a, they got a little guy named Cass Johnson who will be a senior next year. You got to watch him. I'm telling you, he gets lost and then he outruns you. Fast kid. Yes, he is. He's got a lot of wiggle to him, as you as you like to say. I do. I, I like to call him Wiggly because he <laughs> is. And then you lose sight and, and then he's gone. And you're like, where's he at? Oh, he's in the end zone. There he is. <laughs> there he is. Well, let's finish up the final state quarterfinal matchup. And it's a game that literally uh, went down to the final three seconds of the game. And Happy comes out victorious over Valley 38 to 36. I had this call on the Happy Sports Network. Pace Bressler, T.S. Bow combined for 192 yards rushing and a touchdown. Uh, Bressler also had two receptions, two touchdowns, going for 80 yards and 
Camden Spurry, 7 of 10, 131, and four touchdowns in that game for Valley. Jackson Edwards, man, he was so impressive. 136 yards on the ground and three scores. He also had 69 yards receiving. Parker Hartman, 79 yards receiving, and INT played some really good defense there for the Patriots. And Corbin Stanley, 8 of 12 for 167 and a touchdown. And this game was very similar to the Sterling City Westbrook game because Happy got up on Valley, held the lead. They were up 22 to 12 at half. Here comes Valley rallying back. They get up 34 to 22 with just over eight minutes to go in the ball game. But Happy is able to score twice. Valley finally gets the ball back. They come down. It all comes down to three seconds left on the clock. Valley's got it at the Cowboy 21-yard line. Corbin Stanley rolled to the left. Couldn't find anybody. I really got worried as, as the Happy faithful here. Uh, because there was a yellow hanky on the ground, Uh-oh. and I was afraid there was a roughing the passer penalty as we had a defender in the area, but instead they called him for going over the line. Uh, the uh, line to gain was 21. He was at the 20, so he'd pass the line of scrimmage when he threw the ball, but Happy hangs on, uh, actually gave up a safety in the final 30 seconds of that game because uh, they found themselves with a fourth and 23 at their own two-yard line, so they take the safety to give Valley that one last opportunity. I'm here to tell you, I was way under the weather on Friday and I was listening to that game. And let me tell you, you almost gave me a heart attack. I bet that game about gave me a heart attack. I mean, when you're sick, you don't want to be having a heart attack, but <laughs> oh man, I was pacing. I was listening and oh, that was such a good game. Um, you did it. I, I've got to say, I got to give you kudos because that was an excellent, excellent broadcasting uh, of that game between Happy and Valley, and I know the Valley faithful are are probably a little sad, and and I can understand that because you know when you fight that hard in a game, and you know we had a photographer there, Larry Martinez, and he told me he he's been around six men for twenty plus years, and he told me that was the hardest fought game between two teams that he had ever seen, so that's saying a lot. That does say a lot. And I will tell you, it was hard fought from beginning to end. Uh, both teams just, I mean, every single player on the field, given everything they've got, um, you know, from a pure just effort, it really reminded me a lot of the Maywater Valley game that we watched last night. Just no, no give up in anybody. And that was the kind of game you saw there. Uh, but happy to get this step. There were 18 rematches in this level from six man all the way up to six A. Only three teams who lost the first game won the second one happy was one of those taking down valley 38 to 36 you know that happens that happens one thing i always keep in the back of my mind uh after the first matchup happens is oh these two could possibly meet in the playoffs and who's going to win that one because you know you got that that revenge factor if you want to call it that especially if teams, you know, play each other, like, let's say mid-season. Well, shoot, mid-season is just four or five weeks. Uh, teams can change, but usually they don't. I always keep that in the back of my head. I'm sure other people do too, but that's a very interesting thing. Only three. So, so I have to ask you, so I know Happy made you look smart in Region 1 because you picked them with Dave Campbell's to win Region 1. How were your predictions uh, now that we're in the state semifinals. Oh, you're actually asking me? <laughs> <laughs> the world wants to know, Bobby. Oh, boy. 
Ah, do you want me to pick this week or state? No, I want you to tell us how you did on your picks with Dave Campbell because you picked four regional winners. Yeah, I did pretty good with um, Happy in May. Did not do so well with Rankin. Don't know what I was thinking there. Um, (laughs) You know, hindsight's 2020. (laughs) Let's see who else. Abbott, I picked Abbott. So three, three out of four. That's not bad. That that's not bad. Did you beat Lehman? That's the important thing. Hmm. We know he had Spring Lake Earth, so he missed one there. He did. You know, I I think about those things so rarely that <laughs> I I can't even remember who he picked. I it's a it's a miracle I remember who I picked. I know. But, you know, things change every week. And you know me, we talked about this yesterday about how the spreads and the rankings, they really don't matter. No, they they do not matter. And people um, across the globe, (laughs) let's just get that out of the way. Across the globe, people really put a lot of stock in that. And I think that's a mistake because when you have a team of people or players or anything, you know, there's, there's the capability of changing. I mean, shoot within a 24 hour period rankings and spreads. I mean, everybody likes to say, Oh, we're ranked number one or we're ranked number 10 or we're in the top 10 and that's all fine and good. But for me, it's more about the people and how they play together. You know, you've heard me say, oh, they play really well together as a team. They have good team chemistry. I think that's extremely important. One thing that I know a lot of people have heard, this is like a a known phrase, I guess, is I'm going to use basketball because, you know, that's my thing. If I had five kids who were extremely hard workers had awesome work ethic and had a mind for basketball. I would take them over the most athletic kids who had no work ethic every single day. I think it really depends on team chemistry, the kids you have, if they are hard workers, if they understand the game, there are just so many different variables that you have to think about. So I guess I'm going to have to step down off that box now, (laughs) won't I? Wow, you made me step up on a box, Craig. Well, you know, I mean, end of the deal, you're right. The the rankings don't matter. Um, The spreads sometimes can be helpful. uh, But at the same time, there are things that it's hard to put into a a computer algorithm uh, to measure a team. And and I think we, we see that sometimes in uh, you know, more than anything, I think spreads become more bulletin board material than than actuality. But uh, anyway, we'll get off of that soapbox because I want to move to the state semifinals and let's talk about these matchups. And we'll start in Division Two since we had Coach Bigham on Motley County and Klondike doing battle. And you know, on paper, I think most people definitely are going to have Motley County favored, maybe even fairly heavily. But Klondike is a team to me that seems to be playing really well as we come down the stretch. They are. They are very athletic. They have multiple parts that work 
extremely well together. Here we go again with the working together. They do. They work really well together. I I think it's going to be a a good game. I don't know how much is going to happen down the stretch. I think it depends on stamina. I mean, here we are in what week 14? Week 14, you should have, you know, you should be in shape. You should have some stamina. But some of the things you need to think about, has this team played many four-quarter games? Have they only played two-quarter games? And have they done that the last few weeks? I mean, there's so many different things you got to think about. Let's face it, both of them made the state semifinals. So they are both very good teams. I guess we'll just have to find out on Thursday. Yeah, no, J- Jake Richards versus uh, Josh Arizmendez. That that should be a fantastic matchup there. And then on the other side of the bracket, talk about uh, Blue Blood programs showing up. Strong versus Richmond Springs uh, Friday night in Dublin. Yeah, and this is a rematch from last year. Talk about a bloody battle. <laughs> <laughs> I was at that game last year, and I plan to be in Dublin this weekend. Um, i got to see the rematch of that. But you're right, two powerhouses, and they're going to meet in the state semifinals. Sometimes I think that's a that's kind of sad when two powerhouses meet prior to the state game. But you know, you got to look on the other side too. We got two really, really good teams. I think we have four very good teams in Division Two. Oh, who are you picking? Okay, I'm going to put you in the hot seat now. Who are you going to pick between Strawn and Richmond Springs? You know what? End of the day, I, I think in this ball game, I'm I'm going to give a slight edge to the Greyhounds. I, I think Strawn wins this one in a. I could see this being a a a 52-46 type ball game where uh, one of the teams has it at the end trying to score, but but defense rules the day. I feel that Strawn's defense may be a lot better. I guess that's all I'm going to say about that. But you know, Strawn. And Richland Springs play Friday in Dublin at 7 p.m. And then in Division One, uh, let's go in the bottom half of the bracket first. May and Abbott doing battle. And I'm sure Coach Crawford, we saw him there last night. I would imagine he looked at that May defense and said, man, what have I got to do to put enough points up on the board to defeat the Tigers? Pass the ball. (laughs) We talked about that yesterday. That's going to be a good game, too. And that's also in Dublin, but it's on Saturday at 6, so I'll be there. I guess I'm just going to camp out in the Dublin area. Have you, yeah. have you Dr. Pepper in between games? and life Maybe. I don't know. Didn't they close the Dr. Pepper <laughs> thing there? But they have something else. Like I can't remember. I read something that they opened in Dublin instead of the Dr. Pepper because it was shut down. But maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But, you know, that's a beautiful area down there. And Dublin has a really nice facility. That's where those games were last year. And so we get to see them again this year. I feel like I'm getting a redo, which is great. And then finally, in the top half of the bracket, the Westbrook Wildcats coming out of Region 2, taking on the Happy Cowboys out of Region 1. And uh, that that's two teams, uh, just looking at tape, that it's going to be similar, I think, to the Happy Valley game. That's just two teams that just want to line up and be physical. Yes, they're just going to beat each other. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, I love those kind of games because you just never know what's going to happen. And you know that every kid is giving 110% effort 
And I just love watching that. It's just a beautiful thing, especially, you know, defense. Um, But that game is Friday at seven o'clock in Slayton. And that's where Anton and Claudine play. They have a very nice facility there as well. So the cool thing about all of these games is we have Klondike and Motley County playing Thursday at seven in Lockney. We have two games on Friday with Happy and Westbrook at seven in Slayton, Strawn and Richland Springs at seven in Dublin. And we have a Saturday game, Abbott versus May in Dublin at six o'clock. So we have three whole days of games, which is awesome. I love that. That is incredible. Uh, winner of these four games will move on to the games on December 15th, a Wednesday uh, state finals games there in Jerry's World, AT&T Stadium. Um, so, that you know, always I always think it's fun. And, and, and I get the argument that people want these games in six-man stadiums. And I totally understand that. And Lehman's going to tweet at me as soon as the podcast comes out. He will. Uh, but I also think it's great that these kids get to do the same thing that the 11-man schools do, and that is get to play in a facility like no other. I understand it's different than what they're used to. The game probably and does look better on a true six-man field like what we saw last night at Robert Lee. But I also think it's great that those kids get that opportunity to do it on the biggest stage in front of everybody else, just like all the other teams in 2A through 6A. I agree with that. But on the other side of that, you know, last year we had a little situation where Balmeray couldn't play at AT AT&T because of some COVID issues. And so they played Richland Springs and San Angelo. And let me tell you, you know, that was a dedicated state game, even though it was, you know, at the first of January, I enjoyed that so much more than going to Jerry's world. You know, and that's for totally my perspective. It seemed like everybody was just happy and the crowd was closer to the field. So the kids could, you know, feel the excitement and I don't know. So I I think that's a 50, 50 thing. I mean, I love that the kids get to go to Jerry's world. They get to go in the underbelly of AT&T, you know, but I'm I'm sure I'll hear from Lehman as soon as, as soon as we put this out. So that's okay. I That's will okay. too. Now, now I, I will, but, but I did want to take an opportunity to give a shout out to sixmanfootball.com. Uh, Mike did a superb job of putting all the broadcasts for all the quarterfinal games that he could find on one page. And that gives all six men and maybe those who need to be six man fans <laughs> an option uh, for broadcasts. And I thought that was awesome. So Mike at Six Man Football, thank you so much. We all like options. Uh, one final note that we want to put out there, uh, and you talked about it last week, the Texas Six full season two is now out on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, you don't want to miss it. It's the uh, docu-series about the strong greyhounds and uh, yeah, the work that Jared Christopher there did. He did. Um, he followed the Strahd Greyhounds. If you haven't seen season one, go watch it. Season two, all eight episodes are out now. I binge watched it the other night. It was extremely good. I loved every second of it. But Jared tweeted the other day and he indicated that it was three years of persistence, 1100 hours of footage, two seasons, 16 episodes. And every network in Hollywood told him no, 
three years ago, but he didn't give up. And you know what, Mr. Christopher, kudos to you. I'm glad you didn't give up because it was awesome. It remains awesome. And uh, if you haven't watched it, get after it. Go watch it. I haven't seen season two yet, but season one was fantastic. So I can't wait to binge watch season two as uh, soon as the opportunity allows. Well, since football is uh, pretty much winding up, that means we start shifting to other sports. And before we get to the round ball, which is what everybody's doing right now, real quickly, the track lady in the state <laughs> of Texas, Miss Bobby Brown, would love to have your track schedules. Oh, yeah. Send them in. You know, I was, I was explaining to Coach Crawford last night. What's really funny is that when most coaches, some most coaches know me, I know, go out of my way to, to go and say hi and try to get to know their teams. But the first question or the first thing they say is, oh, you do the track stuff. <laughs> yep, that's me. I'm the track lady. So if you have your track schedules, uh, send them in. It's a process. It takes a long time, but I try to get all of them. I'm done because Craig, this week is the first week of December. Do you know when track starts? I'll tell you, I'll tell you about when the track season starts and you're not going to believe it. Uh, I'm going to guess, especially because we do have some teams down uh, further south that we start in February. That is correct. It usually starts around Valentine's day. Uh, especially for 1A schools. I mean, you know, the larger A's may start early, a little earlier, but those teams that are really big into track that that don't stay in, you know, that don't make it out of district in basketball, you know, they're right there near Valentine's Day going to track meets. So um, you all know, if you don't know about the track, I do top five for every event, every Throwing event, jumping event, running event, um, relays, everything. Top five for all four regions and then top five in the state. I guess when we're doing the podcast, then we'll have lots to talk about, won't we? <laughs> I guess we will. I guess we will. <laughs> well, let's move now to the round ball because a lot of teams have rolled it out there and they're getting after it. And I want to start on the girls' side because when you look at the latest – TABC rankings that came out on November 22nd. There's a team not called Nazareth at the top. Now they uh, started as the preseason favorite, but Huckabee is the top team uh, in the girls class 1A, followed by Rankin, Sands, who beat Nazareth, White Faced, Verabest, Erion County, McMullen County, Westbrook, Netches, and around out the top 10 is the Nazareth Swiftettes. That just floors me. Uh, yeah, that, that never happens. That hasn't happened in years. I'm sure that'll surprise a lot of folks. I expect Nazareth. I mean, they may be young and kind of reeling from, from graduating seniors from last year, but, um, you can't ever count those swift debts out, but yeah, Huckabee Rankin Sands, Sands, especially. And, and I said this the last time. You know, I've been I've been waiting for this year for the Sands Lady Mustangs, and Whiteface isn't too terrible either. Let me tell you, this this top ten is is quite something. The the one thing I take out of this is when you look at Region One, it is stacked when it comes to girls basketball. It is. It's going to be extremely fun to watch. 
We normally don't start covering basketball until district starts. And some of the districts are so large, they start at the beginning of December. And I think there's some that start on the 7th next Tuesday, a week from Tuesday. Oh, my goodness. I believe so. Yeah, starting district because some of these uh, districts have 14 games during district. Uh, it's, It's incredible. And yes, folks, the spreadsheet queen does have a basketball spreadsheet. So <laughs> I'll be sharing that out on our website for boys basketball, an excellent um, source for information and coverage for boys basketball is hoop insider. I went ahead and put their uh, website link on the back roads podcast page at one, afan.com. If you want to look at them, they are really good about getting scores and things. I help them a lot with 1A scores, but they also have a Facebook group called Hoop Insider Basketball Talk, and they do talk basketball, boys basketball. So get on there. They also have a Twitter. Um, Let's look at the boys class 1A. You know, number one, no surprise. No, no. Text 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 line. line. Yeah, the defending state champions in I will readily admit I've not seen another team play in Class A in the state. I will also readily admit that if Texline doesn't win state this year, I will be stunned. We haven't even started district, and I totally agree with you. That that team is just, uh, especially with Will Luther, my goodness. What, he's had like 30 or 40 points every game, and I don't know how many rebounds and assists and steals and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, they're, they're one loss uh, so far is to uh, District 25A uh, Paladuro, Amarillo Paladuro. Uh, so that is their one loss this year, but they've already beaten Spring Lake Earth. Uh, they drubbed Boys Ranch. They drubbed Dalhart. They're, they are definitely the real deal. Uh, when you look at the rest of the top 10, Calvert, Grayford, Erion County, McMullen County. Now, they're really good as well. I can promise you that. Lingleville, Rankin, Nazareth, Dodd City, and Wilder. Wilder. Yes, we asked them how to say that. We covered them in the region for basketball tournament a couple of years ago and had to ask how to say it. So one thing that I saw that was very interesting was that Textline only beat Spring Lake Earth by 17. Is that correct? I believe that's right. Yes. In the grand scheme of things, that's not too bad. And, you know, we've talked about Spring Lake Earth and Evan DeLeon and Keyshawn Holmes. They not only play very good football, but they are outstanding basketball players. You know, you said text line, probably going to win state. I think that Calvert might have something to say about that. And I have read some things this past week about Grayford being just incredibly good. Well, if I remember right, Calvert has a player who's six foot seven getting some D1 offers, if I remember correctly. That's correct. I believe he started getting those when he was a freshman. You know, Calvert's Michael Thomas. Let's see. I believe he's, is he a junior this year? I, that sounds right to me, if I remember correctly. He's a class of 23. Yes, he's he's quite something, and he's been quite something for a few years now. And so he helps Calvert out a lot. But, you know, Calvert has some kids to go along with him, and I believe that um, Michael's dad, Coach uh, Thomas, is the coach. I hear from him several times on Twitter. But, yeah, I think Calvert's going to have something to say about that. And one thing that we definitely know is that Calvert and Textline 
play two completely different styles of basketball. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. So there's a look at the uh, uh, TABC top 25 or really the top 10 as far as boys and girls. And we'll we'll keep going through that as we move forward uh, through our podcast and uh, transition from uh, football to basketball. So Bobby, let's finish up with Lehman's six man 101, where we talked about Valley earlier. And he talks about the traces of Texas and Turkey, Texas. He did. He he retweeted something. He's been sort of quiet. He retweeted something about baseball, of course. And that's that's a weekly thing. But he did also retweet about uh, traces of Texas. And uh, it, there was a cool picture of Turkey, Texas. Turkey is best known for being the home of Bob Wills. They have Bob Wills Day. And that's a really oh, cool weekend. Uh, Turkey... <laughs> Yes, they also have the Bob Wills Museum and the very cool 1927 Hotel Turkey. And I know Larry Martinez goes to Hotel Turkey some weekends. They have great steak. It's a really neat place if you haven't been there. It's a beautiful hotel on the inside that's well-preserved. And they have a nice back, uh, back porch area. And they have live music. Exactly. Great place to stay. Live music, great food. Uh, it has definitely become a destination spot. That is the Hotel Turkey in Turkey. Yes. And they also have an old Texaco station. This is the coolest thing. So sometimes on my motorcycle trips, I go through Turkey because it's a really pretty area to, to ride your motorcycle. It, for those motorcycle enthusiasts out there, go, go to driving near, near Turkey. It's pretty cool. But they have an old Texaco station and they have redone the inside completely. And you can actually, I, I understand that you can actually rent the room in the back of the Texaco station and stay in it. And it's next to Bob Will's bus. But the cool thing is kids from Turkey and Kitty Quay make up the population of the Valley Patriots. There you go, where the school is literally right in between Turkey and Kitty It is. So that, that's uh, this week's Lehman Six Man 101. So that's Lehman Six Man 101. Don't forget to head over on over to Six Man Films, Lehman's YouTube channel. He's got hundreds of games over there for you to view, especially as we move into the semifinals and finals. You want to check out uh, some of the games of the past that uh, – set up the lore of six-man football. You can check that out. The link is at 1afan.com on our Backroads podcast link. And also, one thing we'd like to hear from you out there, listeners, we've asked you several times to email in. Some of you have chosen to do that, and we really appreciate it. We'd love to hear from you. Send in your comments. Okay, here it comes. Send in your comments about what you'd like to hear on this podcast send those comments and suggestions to texas1afan at gmail.com remember our podcast will always be about 1a and the exceptional kids in 1a schools that it will be and that's what it will always be about amen bobby. well bobby that's going to wrap it up for us here on the week of 15 of backroads podcast State semifinals going on Friday night, sorry, Thursday night, Friday yes. night, and Saturday night, and then the state finals coming up in two weeks on December 15th. Until then, we'll see you next Sunday. I'm Craig Spear with the Happy Sports Network and PressPassports.com. 
And I'm Bobby Brown, Texas 1A fan. Remember, keep an eye on the scoreboards, go to a game if you can, and go forward and do good.